Episode number 288, How to Take a Sabbath When You Work on Sundays, with Daniel Stevanis. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Hey guys, this is the Making Sunday Happen podcast. We're helping you transform your physical and online worship experiences each week. We talk with industry leaders, we talk with pastors, worship leaders, communication strategists, artists, and more to give you ideas, to give you creativity and training on how to reach people in your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Family episode this week as I welcome my buddy Daniel Stevanis, Stal as we call him. Stal handles all of our blog, podcast, and social media content here at our ministry. He also serves as a student pastor at a large Methodist church here in our community of Lexington, South Carolina. I'll be talking with Stal about how to take a Sabbath when you work on Sundays. And if you burn out, just think about it. If you burn out, there's no way that we can, that you can minister to those people in your care. So we've done a few episodes on soul care, and this week we're going to focus on how to take time off so that you can make Sunday happen. Sound contradictory? Well, we don't think so. We'll talk all about that today. Uh, Stal will be in the house. You're going to love hearing from him. He's part of our our uh, our team here at 1230. Does an amazing job, and I can't wait for you to hear from him. First, let's check the mailbag. Here we go. We are continuing to share behind-the-scenes photos of Sunday happening at your churches. These are photos of production teams, church media teams, worship leaders and teams, guest services teams, all doing ministry each week at the churches that you serve at. So here is a photo from East Ridge Church in Covington, Georgia, Volunteers in Action. Way to go, guys. And here is a photo from Trinity Baptist Church in Mooresville, North Carolina. My friend Grant Stanley, uh, his team serving there in the control room, Great job, guys. Uh, You are who make Sunday happen each and every week. If you have a photo or question for the mailbag, feel free to send it in. I love sharing photos and stories of the work that God is doing at your church and how you are making Sunday happen in your world. You're welcome to email me directly at carl at 1230.media or find me on social media at Carl Barnhill. You can throw something on our Making Sunday Happen Facebook group as well. Just tag me and I'll pull it down and uh, I'll uh, just tell me that I have permission to use it on the podcast and we'll share it right here for everybody to see. So uh, love sharing um, stories and, and, and photos from you guys. It's, uh, it's great. It, uh, it jazzes me up and it, it gives me... Um, energy, and, it, and it, it really encourages other people as well to see that you're not alone. Uh, you know, other people are in the same boat as you, working long hours, volunteering, serving on staff at churches, all that. So thank you for what you do. All right, coming up, my chat with my friend, my buddy, my pal, my amigo, Daniel Stevanis is in the house. My convo with Daniel is coming up right after this. Hey guys, Carl here. I want to tell you about an awesome online conference that I'm speaking at this month. It's the Church Online Summit from my friend Steve 
fog. The summit is packed with amazing speakers like Nona Jones, Carrie Newhoff, Jay Cranda, Amanda Sims, Alan George, Haley Vitruis, my buddy Steve Fogg, and many more, including yours truly. It's a digital event on March 25th and 26th. Reach your community online and mobilize your church into action with the Church Online Summit. You can register now by using our special link at 1230.media slash online summit. That's 1230.media slash online summit. Hey guys, today is a family chat as I welcome the guy who actually delivers this podcast to you each and every week, our training content manager on our team, the legend, the man, the myth, Daniel Stevanis. I don't know when the last time I've actually called you Daniel. <laughs> that, hey, that's, that's on my records. That's what it is. That's right. So we should probably get this out of the way. So people call you Stal. Uh-huh. Uh, and which has, uh, is not Dan or Stevanis or anything like that. So uh, let's get it out of the way. Give us the skinny yeah. on what, where Stow came from. Okay. So Stow is short for stallion. Um, yes, the horse <laughs> and stallion is short for the Italian stallion. And I know everyone who has some kind of Italian heritage is stallion or the Italian stallion. Uh, but my parents are missionaries. And so I grew up as a missionary kid in Italy overseas. And when I came, moved back to the United States for Bible college, um, you know, first week of welcome week, I told someone, hey, I'm from Italy. And they're like, you're the Italian stallion. I said, sure. <laughs> and uh, the nickname just kind of took off. It just yeah. kind of stuck. And so uh, all throughout college, even professors were confused. They were like, who's this guy on the roster? And like, you're stallion. Um, and so it just kind of stuck. And so it, it creates for some confusion, but also creates for some good stories. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. So, yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I know the, I know the stories, but for, just for those listening and stuff, I, I'd love for you to share a little bit about, uh, life as a missionary kid and, uh, just kind of your upbringing and yeah. how you came along. Well, that's, that's perfect. Um, a lot of people will always say like, oh man, you're a missionary in Italy. It must've been hard. Um, right. But, Suffering for Jesus. But, Yes, that's right. Um, but I say, like, obviously, Italy, like most countries, it's beautiful to go visit. It's beautiful to be there on vacation. Um, but but living there is a different story. You, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. And so, but when I was two years old, my parents moved there to be missionaries. And they've been there for, it's over 30 years now. Um, you know, they were full, full-time, long-term missionaries. And uh, moved there when I was two. I uh, went to Italian school. We spent some time up in the north to do some language studies, some time in Florence, Rome. And then we ended up in a small... Um, well, it's not a small town, but it's a it's a city called Bari that most people have never heard of. It's on the heel of the boot, and so my parents are church planners there. Spent time in ministry and uh, and for the Italian youth group, and then sometime in those years, I just felt called to ministry and started looking at Bible colleges back in the United States. And when I was eighteen, uh, moved back here, went to Bible college for four years, and then jumped into ministry. Uh, Where did you go to school? Uh, Columbia International University used to be Columbia Bible College. Go Rams! Um, that's their, their mascot now, which wasn't even there when I was there, but so I gotta, I gotta support. Um, but yeah, went to the CIU and, uh, did four years. I uh, got a major in Bible pastoral ministries. I knew that I wanted to be a ministry, wanted to be a pastor. And then, uh, worked at a church in Long Island, New York. That's where it was kind of our home in the States. I yeah. uh, worked there for five years as a middle school youth pastor. And, um, after that, I just, I mean, the economy, just New York is so expensive and, uh, to live up there and stuff. And so I kind of found my way back to South Carolina. 
Yeah. So I've been working for the last uh, six years at a church mm-hmm. here in, in Lexington. Um, first is their middle school youth pastor. And now I'm actually the student ministry director. So I get to lead the team who does student ministry and train some new people and make sure the ministry keeps going forward. So one reason I wanted to to hang out is because we're we're going to talk about the the topic of how to take a Sabbath, uh, especially when you work on Sunday. So especially as a church staff, being on a church staff, you're on on Sunday. Like this, right. this is not you know sit in the pew and soak it in. This is you know you're running around everywhere. Um, and, uh, I think one reason why I'm really excited about our chat today, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording is that you, I'm not an expert on this topic. You're not an expert on this topic. Um, you're an, an average Joe. We're both average Joes. You, you are yeah. on staff at, at a church and you're trying to figure this out every week is how do mm-hmm. I, um, you know, how, how do I take rest? How do I, you know, take a Sabbath? So kind of talk that out, set us up here. Um, as far as, I mean, you're, you're amazing at, at what you, what you do both, both in the student ministry world, uh, and for us, but I, I, so I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm dinging you at all. This is something that we mutually talked about is that we want people listening to the podcast that they're normal Joes on on Sunday trying to figure it out. Uh, and so that's kind of what, how, you know, we'd love to couch this conversation today. Yeah. Well, Carl, let me just say this, man. You're you're too kind. You're too sweet. Um, you're such an encourager. So thank you. Um, I would say I don't think you're an average Joe. You've got you've got uh, your logo behind you. You're uh, that's how we know you've made it. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it's flooring. <laughs> that's all it is. Um, now, all joking aside, man, I think um, yes. Yeah, so, so for me, when I first started um, in full time ministry. I was just kind of wrestling with this idea and I've, and it's not been a, something I've answered one time for always. I'm continuing to learn. Um, but I just remember when I started in full-time ministry, I, I called my dad after the first couple months. And again, he had been church planner or missionary for a long time. And I remember asking him like, man, you know, we talk about the importance of the Sabbath, the importance of rest. And I was like, man, I work all day Sunday. Like it's a, yeah. it's busier Sunday than it is an average day in the office. And and it was just, I mean, obviously, I, I know it wasn't like a legalistic thing and that day has to be that day. But he just reminded me, like, we need people to work every day. Like, you have doctors and you have, you know, people who have to go out and do these things and pastors fall into that category. And so it just kind of became this, like, journey and questioning um, of really understanding, like, what's most important is that we have to have a Sabbath. And it doesn't matter when it is or where it is. And it's going to look different from individual to individual. But we have to do a certain certain things that that perpetuate that rest. Um, and this was instilled in me even in our school. Um, they've they've changed recently, but uh, when I was a student there, they actually we weren't supposed to do homework on Sunday. They wanted us involved in the church. They wanted us to rest. And so Monday there was no classes, and Monday was your day to do homework, study, and kind of focus and rest up for the day. Um, which even then becomes a, a tough dichotomy. It's like, well, am I am I resting because I was in ministry, or did I rest Sunday and now I'm doing work on this day? But again, it just made you have to think about some of these things and and yeah. learn to govern. What does my day of rest look like? Tell me some of the, I know you've kind of read up on this topic. Tell me some of the books that maybe have, have influenced you on this. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's a couple, because like I said, I'm not the expert. And and what I've learned has just been kind of investigating and researching. Um, the first one that, that I looked into was Leading on Empty uh, by Pastor Wayne Cordero. And um, actually, I first heard uh, a sermon of his, which was related to the book. But he talked about kind of, uh, he leads a large church in, in Hawaii, which again, suffering for Jesus. <laughs> um, 
but but he has a large church down there and he actually uh you would never think this but reached a time of burnout and as a pastor he speaks and he was talking in this this message um where he's talking about he was at um speaking at a conference and uh, some of the things that i've kind of aspired to do i mean i'd love to be a, a big pastor a big name and he talked about he was doing those things and one day he was um he just got an anxiety attack basically out of nowhere and so he talks about his process of like kind of um, checking himself into a, a silent monastery with monks where like you couldn't talk. And it's kind of like this crazy story he tells. And he talks about how he was, he was like, I snuck out and called my assistant. I was like, send me my emails um, because it was just kind of like eating at him. And so he's written stuff about it. So I've read some of his stuff that's kind of informed some of the the practical, some of the other things that, I, that I've started to do um, in, in my days off. Um, the other book that has been really influential for me was um, Emotional Healthy Spirituality. And that's by uh, Peter Scacero. Uh, and he's a, a very unique guy with the, the cool story as well. He's um, a pastor um, in, in Queens, uh, New York. And so I actually had the opportunity to meet him. My mom had read one of his books and she was visiting the United States for something when I was living in New York. And uh, she said, hey, I, I've written to the author. I want to get this stuff translated and bring it over to Italy. Um, and we're, we're setting up a meeting. She said, would you be interested in coming? I said, absolutely. So I didn't know, I hadn't heard about it at that point. So we took my day off on a Monday. Um, we got in the car and drove 45 minutes to, to Queens and sat with him and his wife. And his story was essentially that, that they, he was approaching burnout, didn't necessarily know it or understand it. Um, but, but his wife came to him one Sunday and said, hey, I quit. And, and she's written a book about that as well. And she was like, I, I quit going to church with you on Sunday. Um, because she got to the point where his, his personal life and uh, his public life were, were different and, and not because like a secret sin in this case, but just burnout was real and, and it affected his emotions and his relationship with his wife. And so he said he paused and took a long look at some of those things. And so he has a whole like weekend conference that he does um, called Emotional Healthy Spirituality. And I got to attend that and, and again, really learn some of the practices. Um, they've also looked kind of back at uh, some of the, the monastic movements of like, hey, you know, here's what some people have done. Um, to guard their Sabbath. There's some things that people have done to, to create rest and, and to restore in their lives. Um, and so that's been, that, that was a really good um, book. And, and the last thing, and I'm actually still reading this book, and that's um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And he's a little bit of a newer name, uh, at least for me, but I, I heard him on a podcast speak as well and I've been reading his book. And he's actually done some interviews with some of these guys. And he he's out in um I think he's um Seattle um, or he's out like you know um out west and he talked about just how his church is starting to get to a point where you know for us you know using technology in the service is, is such a, a crucial part and it's something that we we do we see returns in student ministry you know we're constantly talking about how can we drive students back to use your phone for this or share this picture or do that but he said his church they were building a new building and they actually reached a point where they were thinking about doing kind of like um kind of like a coat service. Or when you drop off your coat and pick it up at the end of the night, or like a valet parking, they wanted to do something like that for their phones, where you could come into the service and drop off your phone for the, for the hour and a half that you're there, hour and fifteen minutes, to to eliminate some of just that the distraction and the technology, the pull. And so this is fascinating stuff. And I think we're at a place in our study where I'm sorry, what was I'm, that? I was just saying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You had your phone there ready. I know I, yeah. as I was talking, I slipped mine in my pocket. I was like, yeah, no, that's so uh, true, man. That, uh, even in church or, or other places, you know, it, it, the ding or the vibration is like uh, addicting. And so, yeah, to get away from it. 
and some of our watches now too. And, um, right. you know, yeah. I, I had the Apple watch. I, I was having a conversation with an older person, um, a, a gentleman in our church. And he kept asking me, he's like, do you need to go? Do you have to run? Are you running out of time? And I was like, no. And he's like, you keep looking at your watch. I was like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all the text messages coming in. Yeah. And, um, and so it's just, we're in such a fascinating time where we are pulled in so many directions. Yeah. Um, I always, I always like to think of like, you know, back in the day when you had a house phone and you would get a phone call, you'd get a voicemail. Um, you'd come, come in at you know, eight 30 after going out to dinner or your child's practice and you get that voicemail. You didn't call till the next morning, but now there's like this expectation of like the immediacy of it. Right. It's not just in when you receive contact, but it's when you reply to contact. And, and I, I just tend to yeah. fight that. And how, we can get into this a little bit more, but that definitely plays into my day of rest. You know, if, if, I, it's hard for me to rest and recoup if I'm constantly dinging and binging. And, yeah. you know, uh, every machine I have around me is calling for my attention. Yeah. Um, and people expect, have this expectation that you, you have to, well, you haven't gotten back in touch with me. Well, yeah. it's been three minutes. Can you hold on? Just a, yeah. just a few. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, all right. So do you, do, Monday's your day off? Uh, um, so right now it's church. Friday and right okay. now it's Friday. It used to be Mondays, um, which even that's such an interesting conversation. I think a lot of places, um, I mean, at least in, in the North where I was, everyone was Monday. Um, and I, I love that because you go hard on Sunday, you know, right. I, I help with the college ministry. Right. They want to go, work. they would want to go out to eat at like 1130 at night. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm sleeping in tomorrow. It's my day off. Right. Um, but right, but right now it's on Fridays and the benefit of the Friday is then you have Friday and Saturday off. Right. Or sometimes for me, it's you know Thursday afternoon when I'm unplugged from the office. Now I don't have to think too much till Saturday night as I start thinking about Sunday morning. So how do you? What are some ways that you protect your day off? Yeah. So what the the biggest thing that I would just say kind of at the, at the beginning of all this is that I do think it's it's an individual journey, and I do think it's different for people. Um, one of the I guess the the biggest protection for me is to is honestly to schedule my time. Because for me, it's easy to it'd be easy to sleep in. It'd be easy to you know put a movie on, put a TV show. Um, I think about the chores that I have to do around the house, and I'm like, oh, I'll get to those. And I'll, I'll work on that. Um, but for me, it's it's to create a schedule, and it sounds counterintuitive. Uh, it's a loose schedule. I hold it very loosely on my day off, but I do think through like what are what are the three things I need to get done today. Um, and and one of those things might be watch a movie. And one of those things might be you know go to the coffee shop. But I need to think through you know here's two or three goals for the day or things that I want to get done. Um, because if you, if you don't go into it, then it's just so easy to just waste the time. Um, right. And so, like I said, I, I allow for interruptions. Um, and I, I live with two roommates and, and so if one of them pops in and says, let's grab lunch or, you know, let's go to a coffee shop. It's easy to do some of those kind of things, but, but I want to know what, what, what's my general aim for today? Um, a lot of times too, I think if you don't do that, then you, you feel like you I should be doing something like that or right. I didn't, wasn't productive today. So what are some of those things? Right. Um, okay. So how do you receive teaching, you know, the, the main question is, okay, well, how am I spiritually fed? Mm-hmm. So you're on, on Sunday, how do you continue to grow spiritually and, and yeah. receive Yeah, when you're on, um, on Sunday? So this is something that I, I did develop um, out of Bible college. Of course we had um, chapel, you know, three, four times a week and uh, had some incredible speakers come in. And so when I, when I first started ministry, uh, I was, I just kind of got in this rhythm of, Hey, on my day off, that's the day I want to listen to uh, a chapel message or any replace that with a podcast. 
at the time it was it was just kind of like nostalgic for me to go back to my alma mater poetry podcast listen to some of the speakers that i knew the professors that i loved um it's shifted a little bit now and so i'll listen to something and i found also for me it's helpful not to be random and so whether you know i use like a right now media i'll go through a study or i'll find a series that a pastor um, at another church is doing i'll kind of walk through each of those um but for me it's kind of knowing that i have that and that's one of my kind of tasks for the day off is to and, and i hate calling it a task it's again it's not a um, it's not a mandatory thing, but it's like, hey, to grow, I want to continue in the study that I've been doing. And so let me go back to week two. Let me go back to listen to week three, four, and, and just kind of progress through that. And that, at the very least, puts me in that mind frame of, hey, let me think of spiritual things today. It's my day off. I'm on a different schedule. Let me focus on these things. What about if I'm on on Sunday, are there ways, like, do, does your pastor make you sit in a service? Or are you allowed to sit in, in one service while you serve another yeah. Are there ways that you can worship on Sunday in addition mm-hmm. to leading people? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, and, and this too changes with seasons, uh, especially I think of now during COVID, we we're, we haven't been doing our Sunday school program for middle school and high schoolers. And so um, we're free both services. I do help um, either on stage with some of the announcements in the welcome, or we've actually jumped in and helped ushering in, the, in this past season where we didn't have a lot of volunteers coming back and we are meeting in person on campus right now. Um, and so one of the things that, that I do is just make sure that one of those services that I'm sitting down um, and, and going there. And so um, the second one, I may stick to my office and, you know, make sure my email's up to date or, you know, I may pop in. We have two services that happen. There's a traditional and a contemporary, but I, I try to make sure that one of those services I'm sitting down, I'm engaged. And so I help usher and see people in the beginning, but once we get to the welcome, the announcements, I find the seat and then I'm a part of that. Um, and it turns out to be cool because really the life of the church um, centers so much about the preaching. And so we, especially are in a culture where we'll try to have an application from the message or, you know, we'll say, hey, this week, you know, make sure you, um, you know, we're, we're collecting food for the food bank. Or this week we're, um, you know, text three people and tell them this. And, and so I want to be a part of that as, you know, contributing member to the church. And so I want to I want to not miss out what's happening. Or if we do a creative element, I want to be a part of that to see it. And so it's been it's been helpful for me to say, okay, one of the services, I'm going to be involved in that. But even when we had our Sunday school, one of the things that um, has been set up at our church, and we're pretty protective of it, is that we do Sunday school during the, the second hour. And, and every church is different. I, I understand that. But our, our program is during the second hour. So during the first hour, we're in the service. And we're sitting there with students if we can. Sometimes they're with their families. But we're a part of that, and we're part of um, experiencing the service for the first time. Does it change? So you're a communicator at your church. You're one of the uh, rotating teaching pastors. Does it change if you're on stage that week? Does your, do you move your day off from Friday to Monday because you're preparing Friday and Saturday? How does that affect you, if, if any? Yeah, no, that's a good question because that is probably, that's probably the hardest week to, to respect the Sabbath and to have a day off um, because I think there's always, there's always one more edit you can do, one more tweak you can do in the message. And um, so I, th- those weeks are probably the hardest for me personally in finding that rest. Um, and, and also, too, again, you remember, we're also trying to balance uh, social life and we're trying to balance, you know, seeing people, hanging out with friends or having people over. And so I, I, I'm a super extrovert. And so I tend to not say no to those things. And so even if you, you know, if it's a busy week and you're like, hey, I can come over for a cup of coffee for an hour. I'm like, all right, just go for it. Um, so the weeks that I'm preaching is probably the hardest. Um, 
but still one of the things that I found for me, I, I'm naturally a morning person. Now, let me clarify. If I go to bed late, I'm not a morning person. Um, but if there's a natural intended order for me, that is to go to bed early and get up early. And so the weeks that I preach, um, and we have to be at church pretty early already, but I'll go to bed like crazy early. And I'll get up crazy early. And, and someone's just sitting there and, and reading over the scripture, reading over the text, looking over my notes. And so you, I think, again, I think I developed routines that work for me. Um, but yeah, the weeks I preach is probably the hardest to just kind of unplug and you know, have a Sabbath day because you're like, oh, I got this. Oh, let me think about that. Let me tweak that note. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably one of the harder areas. Now, I, I, I don't preach super often. I'm, it's probably like you know, half a dozen times a year for the main services. Um, and so in those weeks, it, it is more difficult. Uh, there way you mentioned kind of uh, your routine. Do you the night before your your day off? Are there ways that you can prepare for your day off? Uh, you mentioned kind of a, a task list. Is it, do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah. So actually, and this is one of the things that um, uh, that Pete Scazzaro talks about in his book. Um, he talks about kind of this idea of um, a starting almost in a, like a ritualistic way. He talked about like lighting a candle um, the night before your day off. And, and some of that goes back to the, the whole idea of Sabbath, of Shabbat in scripture that, that started the night before. I remember being at a, uh, at a family camp uh, one time with my family in Italy, and there were um, some Messianic Jews. And so you know, Jewish people who um, believed in Jesus and were born again believers, but they still held a lot of the, the Jewish practices. And I remember it was Friday night. We were at the camp and we we're sitting in the lobby having dinner. And all of a sudden they, they came in and they were singing songs and, they sat at a certain table. They lit some candles and, and prayed together. And I remember asking my parents, like, what's going on? And they're like, this, this symbolizes the beginning of Sabbath for them. They're starting now. Um, and interestingly, I had a, a professor who told us, too. Um, he said one, one way to look at your week was to divide every day into three blocks. And so you have morning, noon, and, and not, not night or evening. Um, and he said, the way I look at my schedule is I want to make sure that I'm scheduling times and, and thinking about it in those blocks. And so that's 21 blocks. And he said, if your day off is Friday and you have one, two, three blocks, he said, it needs to start the evening before. If your day off is Monday, you need to start the evening before. Um, and again, I think there's some similarity with that. But the idea is to have a 24-hour period um, to not just say, hey, sun up to sun down. That works. But how can I really get into the rhythm? Because sometimes you need to unplug more, right? You need to, to, to just say, okay, I'm done with this. Or, you know, I did those things. I can unwind for a second. And now I can really start my relaxation. And so it could be as simple as lighting a candle. Um, I think if your family, you go get a box of donuts, um, you know, anything you want to just kind of make it special to say, hey, our, our Sabbath is starting, our day of rest is starting. Um, and again, not, not to be slaves to that, as scripture says, but to really cherish it and to show it importance. And I think we do that. We, you know, whenever we think something's important, a friendship, a relationship, we, we go out and get meals or we go out and hang out. And so how can we do that for, for something like a Sabbath too? Uh, are you allowed or have you worshiped at another church on, on a off time, uh, or online, uh, digitally? Um, do you, do you find that you, and you mentioned like right now media studies and stuff like that, but, um, would you suggest that? Like if, if I'm on staff at a church, do I plug in to a sermon from another church on off time? Yeah. Is that going to cause some rub? no, no, I think that's good. I actually, um, I feel like there's, there's two camps of this too, where um, you know, there's some families that go on vacation and they don't want to go to church. They want to unplug, they want to do nothing. 
my family was weird, I guess, because we're, I think we're, this is abnormal, but we'd go on vacation and we would look for like, oh, what church are we going to go to Sunday? Yeah. And my parents knew people all over the United States, especially. So when we were here, it was like, oh, you know, I went to college with this guy. And it'd be a small, like, you know, podank town, a little tiny church of, you know, 50 people, where it'd be like, oh, this guy works on staff at a large church. And so for me, that was always kind of exciting. So if I have a Sunday off, um, I tried, I try to go to other places. Um, I can't say I've been to things locally because again, part of the, my, my pastor's heart is like, Hey, Sunday morning, I want to be with my people. And so if I'm in town, that's what I'm going to do. Um, but especially if I'm away, if I go somewhere, I'm always interested in, in stopping in and visiting another church. But for me, it's also still kind of like, you know, not just receiving, but it's, um, part of my growth as a leader, like what, you know, what are they doing? What, what's happening? And so it's hard. And you've, you've mentioned this too in the past. It's hard to turn your brain off. You know, you see a worship team, you see a production team, and you're thinking like, oh, what kind of mics are they using? Or, you know, what kind of cameras they have? I wonder if they have a production room somewhere. Um, and that's just the way we're, we're naturally wired, and that's okay. But that's why for me, I've I've just found like watching a pastor, and I don't even watch the whole service usually. I'll just log on and watch a pastor and watch his message. Um, because at the end of the day, for me, that's, that's, that's what's nurturing my soul. Um, but I do think, I think we should schedule times to, to be away. Um, our church is actually pretty flexible with that. If there's a Sunday that we don't have as much going on or, um, again, as long as we're not abusing it, we, we can miss a Sunday here or there. But my tendency is, like I said, if I'm in town, I want to be with my people. I want to hang out with them. Mm. Um, I want to spend time with them. What about some ways that we can worship in other places? So if, if, if Sunday is not the day to fully corporate worship with our local body that we serve on staff at. Uh, are there other times that you work in worship, whether that is during travel? Uh, no, we're talking music and um, teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, you know, on the road? Is it exercise while you're walking or exercising? Um, you know, what are, what are some other ways that we can feed that that we might not get it on Sunday? Yeah. Well, again, I think, like I said, it's, it's a, uh, it's different for, for different individuals. Um, I, one of the things that I've also appreciated, and this has come and gone over, over time in the seasons, but one of that is being a part of a small group. And small group doesn't always have a worship component, uh, musically anyway. Um, but again, being in a group of people who know me and I know, um, being in a group, this is always big for me that I don't have to lead. Um, and I've, I've sat in enough awkward silent circles trying to pull answers from students that if I go to a small group and someone else is struggling through that, I just get a little smile on my face where I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one who struggles, praise the Lord. Um, and I'm not the one in charge right now, so I can sit back and watch them deal with that. Um, so I think being a part of a small group, um, I think, uh, yeah, visiting other places. Um, I have the opportunity sometimes to speak at a, um, whether it's like a chapel or a high school. And I think God meets sometimes in those smaller meetings, those smaller sessions. Um, where like you wouldn't expect this. You're like, man, I just showed up in this church to to do something, and and man, this worship time really just blessed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't totally expecting that. Um, also, as a staff, I mean, we've started to do. Um, we've kind of moved from the model of like, hey, we gathered as a staff as a large church for breakfast, where we sit in a big circle, and it's kind of awkward because you know you're you're sharing these prayer requests, and uh, it was just kind of this strange time to where we're larger staff. So we once a month have like a mini worship service with the staff. And that's actually been beneficial for us in terms of we, we do other things. We have sharing, um, but it's been nice for us to kind of sit corporately as a, as a staff and, and receive from um, some of our leadership. That's good. Um, good. Yeah, I was just say one last thing, and this is a little bit different. 
this was something that um, that kind of was a big uh, takeaway from from Wayne Cordero, the first book that I mentioned, and his was to find uh, activities on the Sabbath that recharge you. Um, and so mm-hmm. this is moving a little bit from kind of this idea of just you know worship, teaching, you know receiving, but what are activities that recharge you? And so I grew up playing soccer, and so I love whether it's indoor, outdoor, pickup, you know, two people, twenty people, whatever it is, and so. For, for a long time, um, that was my go-to. On my day off, I would find a group of people to play soccer with. And so while it's physically exhausting and, and maybe draining, you just I would come back recharged. I would come back like pumped, ready to go, excited for the day. And, and it was something that recharged me. And so what are those practices? What are those small things on your day off that are just going to give you life? And, and again, it's so different. For me, it's people. I love people. Um, I have really good friends that are like, that sounds horrible. I need to lock myself in my room and read for three hours. And I'm like, that sounds horrible. And so it's figuring out what are the activities that recharge you. And that too was just like, it was incredible. So let's hit on the reverse for a minute. So uh, when I was on it, I've served two uh, large church stabs and one church that I was at, um, I, I, I came on staff and there was a guy who directed the the cameras. He was the the yeah. video director. And, uh, he was it every Sunday and I came in and after a few months I said, okay, you need to not every, every Sunday like that. This is, I love having you here. I'm so glad that you're know this, but, um, you're, you're going to serve one, one Sunday, every three Sundays. What? But, but I'm, it, it became a, this is my identity. This is what I do. I am the video director at church and no one else can do it but me and i i made him stop like yeah. and I, we trained new people um and or i did it myself for a little bit and then we trained new people up um and at first he was very mad at me um yeah. uh, for for several months and then what was interesting is probably after 3 6 months of him being able to sit in the service with his wife and family I remember his wife coming to me and saying, he, yeah, he was very mad, but I'm really glad that, that you did that because now he can worship, you know, he's worshiping with, with us as a family. So I think that sometimes we can be so tied to our identity of being on, on Sunday. And this is a volunteer role. It's, it's, yeah. I think it's, it can be exponential if, if you're a staff member and I'm needed church can't happen if I'm not. Yeah. X, Y, Z. Um, do you have any, do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, yeah. Kind of how our identity is tied to Sunday. Yeah. And, and I've experienced that where um, I, I, I'm, mom was on youth group night on a Wednesday night, but I, I was at a church where I think just don't think it was um, it wasn't clearly expected. It wasn't communicated. This idea of like replicate yourself or make sure you have other people who can do your job. And, and so I remember one time being sick, and as I was sick and had to miss the night, it was kind of like a sickness that came on last minute. And I was like on my phone texting people what to do, where to set up, where to grab things because I was the person who did everything. And I just remember thinking like the night like can barely go on if I'm not there. And I don't think that's good. And, and so then fast forward, the church that I'm working at now, one of the things that I appreciate about it is that we, we have a team approach to things. Right. And so we, we work together, we divvy out responsibilities, our brainstorms are together. And, uh, and I'll be honest, man, the, the last month, um, both our, one of the guys on my team and myself, um, we actually both got COVID in similar times. 
And then he had a little bit of like um, uh, some sickness residual after that. And so we've had a couple of weeks um, where unexpectedly I couldn't show up or he didn't show up or the night he was going to speak. I had to grab his manuscript and, and kind of work on it. But because it was stuff that we've collaborated together with, everyone, our volunteers have been trained. Everyone kind of knows their role. Um, the show can go on. Right. And the beautiful thing about that is not just that the night's going to get canceled, but I think it speaks to the bigger thing, which you were speaking about, which is identity. Um, you know, you think of some of these these large churches or big personality pastors. Um, a lot of these places, if the pastor wasn't there, and we've seen that, unfortunately, because of whether it's, you know, secret sin or something that's happened. And a lot of these places, when it's built around a person, if something happens to that person, the thing crumbles. And so whether that's, you know, as simple as volunteers and tasks and people delegating, or it's even as big as just like, man, like who's going to teach? Like, we don't have any other preachers. Um, and I think that's, we need to start shifting away from that. Um, you know, we have a teaching team, a teaching rotation. And I, when I first got here, I was actually surprised. I was like, as a senior pastor, and I want to preach more weeks. Um, but, but he really believed in like, no, I want to share this um, with, with our teaching team. And, and so I think that's a good thing. It allows for other people to be involved and, and, and then it allows us to miss every once in a while. Like there, there are vacations, there are sicknesses, there are things that come up. And if you don't have a responsibility that Sunday, if you're not scheduled that week, then you're okay. You may, you might be able to miss or come a little bit later or something. Yeah. I think that's very important um, to, to establish some type of, of teaching team or teaching rotation. Um, be, be, yeah. Because of that, just building, building the church around a, a personality. Um, yeah. Okay. So random question. I asked you this in text when you yeah. got COVID, this is very, very important. Probably the no. most important question I'm going to ask you. Uh, what did you binge watch while you had COVID? Okay. That's good. Listen, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm just going to be super honest. I watched so much blue bloods. Um, Tom Selleck, Tom Selleck, you know, Sash is still going strong. Yeah. Um, no, actually, right before Christmas, uh, right after Christmas, I was in New York visiting some friends and family, and someone watched an episode, and they were like in season ten, and I was like, I don't know, I've seen, I've seen it on Hulu, I've seen it online, and I was kind of like, oh, this looks fun. So when I got sick, uh, I just started watching it, and I started episode one, and I've worked, been working my way through. Luckily, I'm not caught up to season ten yet, um, but I've watched a bunch, and it's just, it's interesting. It's, 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 you know, talks a little bit about some of our our political climate and culture today, but um, there's actually some leadership lessons that I feel like I've learned um, from Tom Selleck and Blue Bloods. And so it sounds funny to say that, but that was my go-to show. Nice. Tom Selleck, still going strong. Uh, all right. So uh, last major uh, question I want to talk to you about is how do we, and we hit on it a little bit, <clears throat> but how do we prevent, think about how to ask how do we set boundaries where people know when our Sabbath is and our uh, can be under, how can we set it up where they can be understanding where, you know, if somebody texts me on a Friday, they can expect it's my Sabbath. That's my day off. I might not get back with you until mm -hmm. Sunday, Monday, w whenever, yeah. how do we set good boundaries? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just bad at email. So I think when people email me, they don't expect a response for a week. Um, <laughs> No, I, I think it, I mean, I think it's a, it's a training piece. I think it is, you know, whether we start with our staff or our team and obviously we're all in different roles. And so, um, cause I think this applies to, you know, a volunteer that you have to learn in Sabbath as well. And, and that is some of the reasons why you give them a break. So they're not working every Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it, it's something we have to educate people. I think we need to tell, tell people sometimes. And, um, and again, I also don't think we're legalistic, like emergencies come up in ministry. Right. 
Right. And and I think um, you could probably go too far the other way where it's like, no, I'm not going to call that person. It's my day off. It's like, dude, that, that person's really sick or they, they yeah. really need you. Right. Um, but it's also having people around us, whether I think it starts with our, some of our team and our yeah. staff, but they need to know how to discern for us too sometimes. And so if someone sends an email to my admin, she knows like, hey, this is an angry parent that you're going to see Sunday morning. You should probably hear about this versus, hey, someone wants you to write a reference letter. We can wait till Tuesday or Monday or whenever. Right. Um, but so I think it's kind of like, you know, educating people in a, in a polite and humble way and say, man, I'm so sorry I missed your email. Uh, I took the day off or and I went out of town. Yeah. Um, but again, also knowing that, again, it's your, I mean, here's the, here's the good thing. We're, you're not going to hell because you read an email on the Sabbath, you know, right. that's, that's right. This is very clear that it's, we're not to be slaves to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there's some things that we can do. Like if we take somebody back to say, and, you know, love this, I'm making a note to get right. back with you on Monday. Yeah. I've responded now. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with that Monday. Um, so I, I think there are things like that, that we can maybe set up for ourselves that people are just going to have to understand, look, look, that can wait. And, and sometimes people think that their emergency is the only emergency. Uh, I, I should not say it that way because there, of course their emergencies come up and, and yes. if somebody's on their, you know, dying on their deathbed, or if it's a real emergency, sure. you need to step in and, and do it. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I think it was the, the difference is the emergency and then urgent. And sometimes the urgent right. is um, camouflages or disguises itself. And, and you have to yeah. be able to call that out. Like, Hey, th- this is urgent. It's a, it's an important matter, but it's not so important that if we don't do this. Yeah. Um, the other thing I've had to learn for, for a long time was, um, and this is not just Sabbath related, but like when people need my time or my, my answer, a lot of times I've had to tell people, Hey, if you need an answer right this second, um, then I'll just have to say no, because I can't tell you for sure. Right. Um, if I can get back to you in 24 hours and 48 hours, then I'll have a better idea. But if you need to know now, if it's going to help you, if you want to move on to the next thing, then I'll just go ahead and tell you, I can't do that. Right. Or, that is uh, yeah. and being okay with those boundaries and being okay with saying no. Um, and it's hard. Some of us, I, I struggle with wanting to be a people pleaser and, and not out of a, a performance, but just, I love people. I care about people. I want to be a team player. And so I've had to learn some of these things, some of them the hard way. Um, I'm not great with all of these things. And, um, like I said, I'm, I'm learning, I'm hopefully a lifelong learner of this. Uh, if we do this podcast in 10 years, there'll be different advice, but yeah. here's where I've landed. Well, I can, I can tell that you've struggled with this because I mean, I've been surprised at some of the things that you said yes to with me. Uh, I mean, ju- when we jumped out of the plane together and when we went and, uh, did that 10 K. Uh, together and when we climbed Kilimanjaro, <laughs> I thought that was a little far. Oh, All right, your dream last <laughs> that's, that's, night. Oh. Right, <laughs> the jokes do not get any better. Uh, that, that's all I got. That's all I got. Well, uh, man. So uh, for people who don't know, um, y- you help us on the on the twelve thirty side. Yeah. Uh, you you help us every single week. Put out the blog post to our blog. And put the the podcast together and put mm-hmm. that out on all of our platforms, on our website, and and everywhere. So you are the brains behind um, blog and podcast, man, and and uh, and and stuff that we do on our social media and our teaching content. And man, just so appreciate you and what you do for us and and what you do for your church. Um, you're awesome. Hey, well, I appreciate it, man. It's really been a privilege to to work alongside of you, and I think. Uh, I've told you in the past, I, I get excited about our content and, yeah. um, not, not because I have to, but because there's some useful stuff there. And so, uh, yeah. I think everyone should check it out.
So are you going last very last question? Are you gonna okay. I think you are you gonna shave the beard and go just with the Tom Selleck mustache? I want to see <laughs> that know, next next week. I'll tell you what, if we can get him to sponsor an episode, if Blue Bloods will sponsor an episode, I will go with Tom Selleck mustache. There we go. Do not dare me. Tag them. <laughs> Do not dare tag me. tag Tom Selleck and Blue Bloods and we'll get something going. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, Matt McMorris here, pastor of Grace Valley Church. I just want to tell you one of the reasons I love 1230 Media is because when we started our church, I wanted to have good video content and sermons and bumpers and that kind of stuff, but just couldn't afford uh, to pay somebody, to hire somebody to do that kind of stuff for us. And so the affordability and the fact that they're constantly coming out with new stuff, um, they're really helping equip our church. We used their stuff today in a service. We just got done with church and uh, love being able to have that resource and being able to plan sermons and things that have quality digital to help our services be as sharp and professional as they can be. I highly recommend 1230 Media. The show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. Well, that is it for us this week. Articles on our blog, archives of our podcasts and resources are all at 1230.media slash training. 1230.media slash training. Over 600 articles on the site and nearly 300 podcast episodes for you to dive into, all completely free for you, 1230.media slash training. It's all there for you. Next week, I'll be chatting with the head of the faith division at Vimeo. My buddy Justin Kennedy will be in the house. I'll be talking with Justin about how to use Vimeo for your live stream at your church and what they are learning as they help thousands of churches around the world navigate the time that we are in. That is next week on the podcast. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out. Go out there and create some incredible worship experiences at your church this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com. Yeah.